You're listening to the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 68 of the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm pleased to say that we have the band back together, or at least part of it. Chris, how have you been? Yeah, pretty good, thanks, Craig. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Kaz, at the last minute, had a few things to deal with, but we'll hopefully get her back on the show next week. We'll start this week's show by discussing the news from the past seven days. Blues captain Keris Harrop has been nominated for the Player of the Month Award for October. Um, You can go to the Barclays FAWSL Twitter page for more information on the vote. It's great to see um, a player who's been consistently good Chris, for a number of years, getting recognition for a decent month this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, obviously, the the goal and the clean sheet against Liverpool um, will have will have put her firmly in people's minds at, at the time of, uh, of of the vote coming around. But obviously, you know the the other games as well. She's you know she's a leader. We haven't started breathtakingly well in the league obviously but um but you know she's still been that that ever present um captain that that we rely on and and we need um so i think this sort of award is is very much deserved yeah yeah i think she's a bit surprised to get it but uh she's she's been nominated and hopefully she does well in the vote uh the next bit of news comes about the reading game that got postponed uh earlier this year um, the game due to a waterlogged pitch. The game has now been rescheduled for the sixth of May next year. Uh, it's a Wednesday. It's it's an it's an interesting one, Chris, to have such a big gap between the first uh, scheduled date for a game and the and the actual day taking place, isn't it? Yeah, not you're not kidding. It's difficult to uh, it's difficult to get excited for it, really, isn't it? When you think about the that we you know we we'll have that game in hand on. Well, us and Reading, I'll have that game in hand on everybody else for you know the whole season now, basically until up until the last game of the season. Um, I was looking, I was thinking earlier, like looking at the the uh, the England squad. Um, I don't, Jade Moore hasn't been called off, has she, for the England squad? I don't believe so. No, so so it would like it would just be Staniforth, um that that would miss out. Uh, if the game was to be played on an international break, now obviously that's not ideal for us. We wouldn't want to go into any game without without someone of of Staniforth's ability. But you know, you you could possibly have have had a look at you know in, England are only playing friendlies. We we could have suggested that they don't pick any or they rest a, a Blues and Reading player for that camp. Um, you know, so we can get the game done a little bit sooner than the sixth of May next year. But um, you know, obviously that the, the decision's been made, and and May is obviously next year now. So it's a long wait for for a fixture that um, you know obviously Blues fans look forward to for for the majority of the season. Yeah, absolutely. It's a weird one to be midweek as well, but I guess that's where they fitted in. Um, Joe Potter might be back for that one. Obviously, he was on crutches last time we saw. Uh, I think I think it was one of the earlier games this season. I saw her at halftime. She was on crutches, so she might be back for that one. Okay. 
Um, so that that's the last but one game of the season. It's going to be Manchester United, the last game of the season. That's away. So it'll be interesting. Last few games, we've got Arsenal, Reading, and now Man United. So, well, we already had Reading. I uh, know we already had Man United, but we've got Reading now in between that. Um, the next bit of news then, as you mentioned, Lucy Stanleyforth, we're going to that. She's been included in Phil Neville's England squad for the upcoming friendlies against Germany and the Czech Republic. Wembley is a sellout for the Germany game, so uh, she could could be in line for a position in that team when we play take on Germany at a uh, packs out Wembley uh, Wembley Stadium. I almost said arena; it's a bit bigger than that. Um, Chris, it's it's good to see Lucy standing forth. She's um, back into form, and she's back. In, uh, well, she's consistently back in the England team. Yeah, um, obviously she's had a she's had a really good week. Um, with the Leicester game followed by the game on the Liverpool game on Sunday, so um, you know she's she's back back fit after getting injured on the last England camp. Um, I think she missed the City game, didn't she? So um, you know to get her back fit um, and and involved in, in in helping Blues win games, obviously scoring goals as well. It's very important for us. Um, you know she's she is the a key player for us this season in in how we want to go about things. So, um, yeah, for her to be back fit is brilliant. And hopefully she comes back from this international break um, fully fit and, and able to recover for us to go again when, when the fixtures recommence. Absolutely. And she's not the only player out on international duty coming up. And that's Abby Grant and Chloe Arthur have both been selected by Shelley Kerr for Scotland's upcoming Euro qualifier against Albania. Scotland currently sits second in the group after an 8-0 win over Cyprus. Both players, Chris, they've both been consistently in the squad for most of the games this season, and it's good to see um, particularly Abby Grant getting a um, chance in the Scotland uh, national team. Yeah, definitely. I think I think we've, we've said before on this podcast, you know, obviously <clears throat> Abby playing in the WSL will get a lot more exposure than, um, than, than she would playing in in the Belgian league, obviously, you know, the, the, the Scottish national side that, you know, the staff and the manager will, will know of her anyway. So, you know, I'm sure they'll keep an eye out for her, um, you know, when she was in over in Belgium, but obviously with her playing in the WSL and, um, you know, fixtures so accessible now to, to watch, um, and have people come down to watch if you like, um, then I think she'll be noticed a lot more, and obviously Chloe Arthur I think is a is an absolute shoe in for that Scotland side anyway. So that's yeah, there's no surprise really that those two are are involved in the squad. Yeah, absolutely. And there was more good news on Sunday when the club ran a fundraiser for Amelia Kicks Her, Her Curves campaign and raised three hundred and forty three pounds on the day. The money will go now towards spinal uh, surgery for the fifteen year old footballer who has been part of the Birmingham and West Midlands football club setup um, in their youth setup. It's good to see local clubs banding together to support local kids with um, issues that need resolving, Chris. Yeah, definitely. It was, you know, it was good to see the, uh, the amount of, of fundraisers that they had at the game on Sunday. Um, you know, and, and obviously they've got their just giving page as well. So um, plenty of ways to help out. Um, you know, like you say, uh, a child still um you know whose dream of of playing football you know if we if they can get to that figure that they desire um and get the get get what they need from it then um then all the better and hopefully it'll improve our life drastically 
Yeah, absolutely. She's getting plenty of media coverage in radio and TV in the local yeah. area. So hopefully they get towards that. I think it's about 80,000 they need to raise. Yeah, I, think I, just... I, I thought it was 80. I didn't want to say for certain. But yeah, I think it is 80. Yeah. I think I think they've raised about 25,000 so far. So it's it's, it's on yeah. the way. So yeah, the, more, the, more, the more if you can look up Amelia Kicks Her Curves on uh, whatever device you've got currently listening to the show, but bundle over a few, whatever you can give really, and can keep keep getting that tick, uh, ticking over. Uh, the final news story then is Karis Harrop again. She went along to a signing session on Monday alongside players from the men's side, Fran Villaba and Wesley Harding. Uh, I'd like to see more of these sorts of events, Chris. Um, both clubs coming together to get fans more aware of both um, sets of players from both teams, Chris. Yeah, def- I, I 100% agree. And, um, you know, it was it's great for Keris to go and it's great for, for for the kids, you know, that they see that they start normalizing it, that there's, there's, you know, there's going to be players from the men's and women's side there. If that's a, if that's a normal expectation for the kids, then, then, you know, all the better because, you know, they'll, they'll grow accustomed to the fact that they can see women's footballers as well. So um, I think there was, uh, on social media this week, some of the uh, some of the behind the scenes clips of some stuff that might be coming up over the next coming months. So um, you know that that might be coming out on social media and Blues TV and things. So um, yeah, um, hopefully we see we see a lot more integration of uh, of ev- events um, and and publicity events that that the the women are involved in as well. Yeah, absolutely. The more that as you say, the fans can normalise the players. They get to know them. They go, oh, we, we've played on the Saturday. We, we, we've got nothing on Sunday. We'll either watch it on the FA Player app. And then the more they see them, the more, more, more they see them play, they might go, oh, we'll go down on, on every uh, every other Sunday. Just yeah. to check it out. And then crowds get built, um, more attendances, and that's all all the better for all types of uh, all parts of Birmingham City. Yeah, Definitely. We'll move on now to the Liverpool game, and it was a much-needed first league win for Birmingham City. It was a 2-0 win thanks to goals from Keris Harrop and Lucy Stanleyforth, which also meant Blues' first clean sheet in the, the league this season. Birmingham started strongly, giving Liverpool the run around as we passed the ball across the pitch with confidence. Keris opened the scoring in the ninth minute, leaping highest on the edge of the area to power home a header from Lucy Stan's free kick. It was Keris's 20th goal for the Blues. Kez usually gets one or two a season, but this was one of the best. The distance and the precision and power she gets on the ball was a superb grass. Yeah, it's a fantastic header. Um, you know, it's a, it's a it's a good cross from Stanley Forth into the right into the right area, um, and it's enabled Harrop to to attack it. When you've got players like Keris and um, and Rach Williams in in the box, um, you know especially set pieces that they're going to be very important because, you know, they're, they're, they're real threats in the air. Um, and obviously the, the ball's put into a, a brilliant area. And, and as you say, it's a, it's a fantastic header, um, enough power, enough loop and, and, and the perfect direction to put it into that corner um, to give us, to give us the start we deserve. But also, you know, I think we, it was clear that we were seeking that first win, you know, that, that, to get that monkey off our back, um, you know, to get some points on the board, and it gave us the perfect platform to build on, um, you know, with a, with a really good start. Yeah, absolutely. Keris was making her 130th appearance in the Women's Super League. 
Obviously, she's been around much longer than that, but she's a, such a great role model to players coming through the club, Chris. Yeah, we've spoke about Keris before. There's, you know, there's we're really running out of superlatives to use for, you know, on, on the pitch as as a footballer, but you know, off the pitch as a leader, on the pitch as a leader as well. Um, you know, we, she showed a, a captaincy, we, we, you know, and her leadership roles and skills were were developed last year as well, obviously. But, you know, a squad that has has come together, um, you know, new girls coming in and, you know, a lot of change over the summer. But to have your captain um, and, as you say, someone who is, has got blues, you know, right through her core, um, you know, an inspirational character like Keris, when you've got her to call upon, then, then you've got every chance still because, you know, she's got, she's got the club right at her heart and um, she shows it on and off the pitch every week. Yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be girls who are quite young now who in the future, in 10 years' time, if they start playing football themselves at a professional level, they're going to remember Keris as one of the person, people who helped them on the way towards where they got wanted to go. And she, she perhaps doesn't get the credit she deserves for going. She, she goes at least once a week to a different local club and it, it she, did, she just does such a good job to inspire the next generation. Yeah, and I think, you know, she obviously, you know, she relishes that as well. She relishes the opportunity to get to get young girls involved and to, you know, to, to inspire and influence young young kids as well. Um, you know, but like I say, she's she's always the first to put her hand up for these kinds of things. Um, you know, uh, I think she won the award last season at, at the awards, didn't she, for was it um was it Club Person of the Year? Something like um, that, community and something about yeah, that, yeah. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so that, that that goes to show the amount of work she does. Um, and it's testament to her that, as you say, 130 games in and, and she's still going, playing a massive role in, in, in this Blues side, doing well. Absolutely. I think she's had about 250-odd appearances overall, including the National League days. Well, national yeah. uh, w- Women's Premier League back in those days. But yeah, Premier League. Yeah. She'll remember it better than me. Um, I spoke to Keris following the game, and here is that interview. I'm joined by Keris Harp, captain of Birmingham City after a win over Liverpool. It's our first league win of the season, Keris. It's finally come. The first game, obviously, was an own goal by yourself, unfortunately. <laughs> then the second game, we could have had a goal, got disallowed against West Ham. Finally got the result we deserve today. What did you think of the game overall? Yeah, I think um, the first two league games against Everton and West Ham, I think we were really unfortunate not to win them, really. Like you say, just kind of a bit, bit of bad luck with my own goal and a bit of bad luck when uh, Lucy Staniforth's goal against West Ham wasn't given. So, especially over the last week, playing Leicester, we kind of... They've really uh, cemented our performances now and we did exactly the same today and we definitely deserve the win. You obviously got the first goal in the game of the 2-0 win. Um, it's your 20th goal for Birmingham City. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not A nice landmark for yourself. Yeah. And it's a nice nice header again to score. It was like uh, fingers around the edge of the area from and towered up. Got it into the back of that. You must be pleased with that. Yeah, I was, yeah. Um, I say I don't score many, so... I just kind of let like a salmon really and the, the ball was perfect by loose pinpoint cross um, and yeah I can't wait to watch it back because I, like I say I think it was uh, quite far out so I watched it uh, for quite a long time before it went into the net but yeah just really pleased to to get us off to a good start I think that's what we wanted to do in the first 20 minutes was to try and get an early goal and just help settle us really. 
Yeah, particularly in the first half, he didn't let them have a single shot on target, or a single shot, any any type of shot in the first mm. half. You were, you're making them run around, you're passing the ball back to front, side to side. You must be pleased with, at least, particularly in the first half, how well you passed the ball today and kept the ball and prevented them from getting any chances. Yeah, I think that's what we pride ourselves on, really, is playing that possession-based style of play and just keeping the ball, and, and that's part of our tactics just to tie the opposition out early but to fair to Liverpool they did come at us in the second half and they uh, pressed a lot quicker and kind of went for it which you know they would do because they have to go and win the game so um, but I think we kind of dealt well with the pressure and you'll have that time you'll have parts in the game where momentum's for the opposition and you've just got to ride that out and obviously we did that today. Obviously Lucy Stanford is the creative um, player who can um, work anywhere on the pitch sort of a free role just to create things when she needs to but having that focal point of Rachel Williams up front to, 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 keep, to hold the ball up and to get people into play she's key to how we want to play isn't it? Yeah definitely I think well, Rachel's been fantastic since she's come back you know she's scored against Everton in the Conti Cup scored against Leicester um, nearly scored again today as well and she just offers something different you know not many um, teams in this league have is that kind of strength and power up top. So, yeah, really pleased that um, Wright just come back in the squad and I think our results have uh, shown since she's come back in. And it's an um, experience that it, it doesn't feel like she's been away the way she's been playing. She just, it just looks like she's been playing all season, but she, she's been out, <laughs> of course. Well, I see. She was out for a long time, really. Um, you know, nearly 18 months. So, but, you know, that's just Rachel for you. She'll work hard and she'll just be the, the same old like, little kid that she's played on the street. You know, she's a... Just likes to get stuck in, and yeah, you know what you get with Rach. Um, speaking about yourself, um, you've obviously had a new central uh, defensive partner this year. Obviously, with a lot of people leaving the club, how has um, Rebecca fitted into the role? Obviously, it's not her number one position she'd want to play, but she's playing in it, and she's two left-footed centre backs. It's yeah. not, it's not usually you get that. <laughs> no, it's very rare actually. Um, but no, yeah, Bex, she's kind of came in as a midfielder really. Um, but you know, there's a lot of competition in midfield, and we haven't really got many uh, defenders, so. She's just kind of finding her feet now, I think. I think she played really well in the first game and had a few, maybe a couple of wobbly games, in, you know, and that's her own standard. She'll, say, she'll admit that herself. You know, just the more she plays, the more confidence she gains. And I think, again, after today, after the, the opening goal, grow even more. tried to come back at us using the pace of Jess Clark and Rinsola Babajide, but they were well marshaled by Keris, Sarah Mayling and Adrian Jordan. But before... Uh, before we continue, I think we should credit uh, uh, Adrian for a number on Babaji Day, Chris. She's known for being electrifying with her pace for Liverpool, but Adrian was equal to it. Yeah, that was a. I felt that was Liverpool's best opportunity. It, it looked Liverpool's best opportunity of getting back in the game during you know during that first half that um, you know Babaji Day up against Jordan. Um, you know, like you said. Uh, she showed electrifying pace, good skill, good technical ability. But um, you know, I think I think Jordan had a, you know, she, 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 for all the work she's done. Um, you come into the WSL, you know, she had a she had a work cut out for her in that first half. You know, Rinsola really gave her gave her a tough test, but she stuck to it. Um, as you say, a couple of times matched her matched her for pace all the way. Um, so yeah, uh, and then. The, the second half, I think. I think when so, it was it was a bit of a strange one. I think she she sort of moved to the left, and then at times in the second half she was at left back. So I'm not quite sure what was going on there. But um, but yeah, obviously that first half she, you know, that was that was really a welcome to the WSL moment, if you like. Um, but as you say, she she performed admirably um, and, and kept at it, kept at the task, and 
you know, we come away with a clean seat. So, so she obviously did. Um, she obviously did enough right in that first half. Absolutely. Another decent effort in the first half came from Abby Grant, who tried to look from distance, but Frank Kitching turned it over the bar. Half-time then came and went, and Liverpool were much better in the second half, especially after the introduction of Kirsty Lynette and Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. But that didn't mean we were quiet either, though, and Lucy Whip went close from the edge of the box. Grant again had was a handful and was denied her first goal from the club when Leanne Robe did just enough to deflect her effort wide of the far post. Our pressure told, though, and we grabbed a second after a whipped cross from Keris caused the keeper issues. She flicked it towards the penalty area where Lucy Staniforth came flying in and smashed it home. I've been a bit critical of Lucy in recent weeks, believing she was trying too hard to do everything herself, but credit to her. This was, in my opinion, her best performance in a long while. She did not put a foot wrong on Sunday and the team were better as a result. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, she was terrific. Um, you know, I think when you put the two sides up together, um, I think she's the best player on the park. Um, and I think that showed on on Sunday. Um, you know, we looked to get her involved as much as possible. Um, you know, that that... But to be fair, that mid, all, all the midfield three, I thought, I thought, you know, you said, you said Liverpool got better after the break. I think there was about a five, ten minute spell, like you say, when when Linnett and Sweetman Kirk came on, and they just looked like they had a bit more potency in their game um, than than how they set up originally. But but overall, I thought we I thought we looked in control of the game for long periods, and that was mainly down to the. To the midfield three, um, you know they were industrious. Um, Arthur was very good. Um, Visali was obviously a, you know she she gets about that pitch like like nobody, you know up and down, um, and she was terrific as well. But like you say, Lucy Stan, she she has the, she, you know she's in the England squad. She's not, you know she's in there for a reason. Um, and I felt I felt on Sunday, like you say, she she really showed her ability. Um, and that you know that's a difficult one when the ball came across. Um, you know it could have been easily, it, it could have been very easy. Sorry to, to to snatch at it or drag it wide, but she's you know she's kept kept her eye on the ball and and steered it into the top corner, and and that's the game over from there really. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought Sarah Mailing was another one who looked superb up and down that right flank. I was wary of her starting in defence in place of Harriet Scott, not because she's not a good player, but I think Mailing is better in a more forward position. But she didn't have much to worry about defensively, especially in the first half. I don't think Liverpool even had a shot in the first half, especially uh, yeah, in the first half, as I say. Um, and she looks a great threat going forward too. What did you think of Sarah's game, Chris? She got man of the uh, first player of the match. Yeah, she got player of the match, which, you know... Um... I think it's a really difficult one with Sarah. Again, we, we've had, you know, we've we've spoke about this before as well. That uh, I think I think in an ideal world she probably is uh, a little bit better in an attacking position, but it's it's who you drop who you drop, you know, for that. Obviously, we haven't got the biggest squad in the world. Um, that 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 back four is is the spot where. Where you really look at it and say, um, you know, we're a little bit short of numbers. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think Sarah filling in at right back, getting you know, getting that berth. She, she's obviously got the energy to get up and down. Um, you know, we I think we had, 
you know, we were, we were quite interchangeable with the front line. So, you know, we had Abby Grant and Lucy Whip out, out on the right at some stages. But, um, but yeah, I, I think at the moment, with what we've got available to us, I think Sarah at right back is probably the best option. Um, if you're not going to play Harriet, obviously, who, who is more than good enough to play right back as well. Um, but if you want Sarah in the side, I think, I think probably, probably that right back slot is is the best for her. Um, and obviously, getting player of the match shows that shows that she did she did more than well enough on on Sunday um, in in that right back position. So yeah, it's a difficult one. You, you you're waiting to, to to we've waited to see the best of Sarah. Obviously, um, maybe. Maybe she does become a, a, a more regular right back. I don't know. Um, we'll have to see further on in the season. But um, yeah, she was she was very good on 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 Sunday, as were most of them. To be fair, I, I can't really fault anybody's anybody's work rate, anybody's tenacity, um, and the ability was there as well. I thought we were, you know, on the ball generally, we were pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. It was an overall good game by everyone involved. It was uh, also Hannah Hampton's six clean sheets for Blues since her debut in the first team. For someone who's, who's still only 18 years old, that's not too bad. She's got plenty of time to grow before she hits her peak as a keeper, and yet she's becoming so, so crucial for us already. She made those two back-to-back saves to deny Rianne Roberts and Kirsty Lynette when the Reds were on top briefly in the second half. Hannah also had to deal with a few, how we say, uh, unorthodox backpasses. The one she took down on her chest in particular comes to mind. But that just goes to show her confidence and possibly a few control drills she mastered while over in Spain earlier on in her career. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I, I didn't know whether we were going to mention it. I did want to want to give a quick shout to Hannah, obviously, because all, for all the control we did, I felt we did have in the game. Um, you know, I, I never felt we were going to lose the game. Um, but obviously at 1-0, it, it's always a difficult... It's always a difficult one that you know the opposition can can conjure something up from from nothing and uh, you know and get an equaliser and actually from that that moment where you said um, Kirsty and then and then Roberts um, it was Roberts wasn't it I think it was Roberts and Lynette yeah I oh, thought it was okay, Lynette yeah. at the time I thought it was Lynette were both but I think it's both uh, Roberts and Lynette yeah, yeah. Um, that that's a fantastic double save I think the second one is exceptional. Um, you know, the first one is, is quite close to her, but obviously she's got to get her, uh, her feet in the way, her body in the right position. Um, but I think the second one's a, a really, really top save. Um, you know, and obviously that's, that's kept us at 1-0 at that moment. So, um, you know, she's more than played her part in us, in us getting our first win of the season, you know, and obviously the, the clean sheet as well, which is, which is a massive boost for the goalkeeper and the defence. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes to something when the um, official WSL website, uh, no, not website, Twitter um, um, show, uh, releases a clip of goalkeeping um, skills. Someone was mentioning that to me going, it has to be good if it gets on there. So yeah, yeah she, she's, she's done well there. And we pick up three points and get off the bottom of the table, which is a much needed positive. Uh, we'll now turn our attention now to the weekend and some more County Cup action. Birmingham City travelled to Manchester City's Academy Stadium for the second time in as many months. It was a 3-0 defeat last time out. We didn't even have a shot on target in the 90 minutes. What should we expect this weekend? Uh, Ellen White is working her way back to full fitness. I think she started tonight in the uh, Champions League game. And that's obviously one to be wary of. 
for a good 30 minutes or so, I thought we looked composed against Man City last time. So I think it's all making sure that Rachel isn't isolated up front and we can ease the pressure on the back line. Birmingham, of course, are top of the League Cup group so far as things stand, following wins against Everton and Leicester City. If we get a draw, we might have one foot in the next round on Sunday. Manchester United's 2-0 win over Man City has put pressure on last year's champions. United face Everton this weekend. A win would put Casey Stoney's side on six points with two to play. Their remaining games are against Leicester City and us. Manchester City have one game left after this weekend and they have Everton away, a team that pushed them to their limits in the league. Having gotten one of the possibly harder groups possible, we aren't doing too badly and a place in the next round is still a real possibility. Chris, what do you think of the game coming up? I think um, I think it's difficult, you know, if we if we have this conversation in a couple of hours when we know what Man City have done, it might be a it might be a different conversation. But obviously, you know, from a selfish point of view, I hope I hope Atletico really test them, really force them, um, you know, and they and they go to extra time and and penalties. Um, so, you know. It's it's always going to be difficult going to City. Obviously, with Ellen, you you know you just said Ellen's back in the side tonight. So um, whether whether they'll risk playing her twice in the space of in the space of five days, four or five days is is a tricky one after coming back from injury. Obviously, Aoife's out um, long term now. So um, yeah, I think they've obviously played. They're pretty much their strongest team tonight because they know that. Yeah, they're, they're desperate to go through into the Champions League. They're desperate to knock Atletico out. So um, it'll be a, it'll be very interesting to see what happens tonight. Um, and based on what happens tonight, what their team lineup will look like um, on Sunday. But whatever whatever lineup they have, they're going to pick. Obviously, they've got plenty of good players to pick from. But it's that difference between good players and top class players. Um, and if it's the good players that we play against, then if we if we you know perform as we did um, on Sunday, if we if we compose ourselves and and play to the best of our ability, then then I don't see any reason why we can't go there and get a result. And as you say, I think a draw a draw probably sees sees us you know com- confident of finishing above them. So um, yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see to see what happens tonight and and that will decipher what happens on Sunday, I think. Yeah, and as you mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Lucy Staniforth was not available for the last time we played them, so that could be a big difference when we yeah. play them. And as you said, Aoife Mannion was playing and she's not be able to play this time, unfortunately. Um, yeah, as you say, they've got, we've got to see how they do tonight then. Um, predictions, Chris, what do you think it's going to be on Sunday? Um I'm going to go against my usual grain and I'm going to be a little bit optimistic. I'm going to say we will get a 1-1 draw out of them on Sunday. It's back to those days when we used to get the same scoreline. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, We'll I've get a traditional 1-1. Yeah. yeah, I've gone for 1-1 as well. Uh, hopefully that's the score. As you say, it probably puts Man City on the, cu- on the cusp of going out of the cup. Yeah. Not being able to defend the cup because they are on, I think they're on three points at the moment. Yeah, because they... Or four points. They lost lost to Manu, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I think they're on three. So yeah, yeah. But if we if we get a draw from them, they'll be they'll be on four then. So it'll go down to their last game, I think. So yeah, it'll be interesting, certainly. 
yeah that's that's all for this week's show get in touch with us at great since 68 we all score predictions on twitter and if you've enjoyed the show please share it with your friends and thank you for listening and remember to keep right on and that was the great since 68 podcast to listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones go to itunes google podcasts spotify or any other podcast platform you may use and search for Great Since 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on!